Haunting of Hill House, Shirley Jackson, Chapter 1 No living organism can continue for long to exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality. Even larks and lancadlids are supposed to Exposed by some to dream, Hill House not sane stood by itself against its hills, holding darkness within. It had stood so for eighty years, and might stand for eighty more. Within walls con- continued upright, bricks met neatly, floors were firm, the doors were certainly shut. Science lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House, whatever had walked there walked alone. Dr. John Montagu was a doctor of philology. He had taken his degree in amphibology, fitting obscurely that his field he might come closest to his true vocation as his supernatural manifestations. He was scrupulous about the use of his title, his investigations being so utterly unscientific, he hoped to borrow an air of respectability, even scholarly authority, for his education. It had cost him a good deal in money and pride, since he is not a begging man, to rent Hill House for three months. He set it absolutely to be compensed for his pains by sensational following by the publication of his definitive work, The Cause and Effects of Psychic Disturbances in the House, commonly known as Haunted. Been looking for an honestly haunted house all his life. When he heard of Hill House, he had been at first doubtful, then hopeful, even it defragmentable. He had not the man to get go of Hill House once he had found it. But the were intentions with regard to Hill House derived the methods of intrepid 19th century ghost hunters. He was going to go and live in a Hill House, see what happened there. It was his intention at first to follow the example the anonymous lady who went to stay at Buckingham House and ran a summer long house party for skeptics and believers with croquet and ghost watching the outstanding attractions, but skeptics, believers, and good croquet players harder to come by today. Dr. Mulgu was forced to encourage gauge assistance, perhaps the legendary ways of Victorian life, letting themselves more brilliantly devices his psychic investigation. Perhaps the painstaking documentation of paranormal phenomena was largely gone out as means of the meaningly the actually Actually, at any rate, Dr. Mundical had not only engaged his sisters, but had to search for them. Because he thought of himself as careful and conscientious, he spent considerable time looking for assistance. He combed the records of the psychic societies, the back files of sensational, sensational newspapers, reports of parapsychologists and assembled it in a list of names of people who had in one way or another, and one time or another, no matter how briefly or dubiously, been involved in abnormal events. From his list, he had first eliminated the names of people who were dead. 
When he was crossed off the names of those who seemed to him publicity, publicity seekers of some normal intelligence, of some suitable, with a clear tendency to take the centre of the stage, he listed perhaps a dozen names. Each of these people then received a letter from Dr. McGrew, sending an invitation to spend all a part of summer comfortable country house, old, perfectly equipped with plumbing, electricity, central heating, and clean mattresses. Professor Lestay, a letter stated clearly, reserve and explore a vastly unsavoury stories which had circulated about the house for most of its eighty years of existence. Dr. Will Gould's letters did not say openly that Hill, that Hill House was haunted, but Dr. Montague was a man of science until he actually experienced a psychic manifestation. Manifestation. Your house. He could not trust his luck so too far. Consequently, his letters had certain ambiguous dignity, calculated to catch an imagination, very special sort of reader. His dozen letters. Little Montagu had four replies. The other eight or so candidates had presumably moved and left no folding dress or possibly having lost interest in the supernormal, even perhaps never having existed at all. Before we replied, Dr. Mundaku wrote again, naming a specific day when the house will be officially regarded as ready for occupancy, and closing detailed directions for reaching it, since he was forced to explain the information of the family house was extremely difficult to get, particularly from the rural community which surrounded it. On the day before he had to leave the royal house, Dr. Mundaku was persuaded to take in his select company a representative of a family who owned the house. A telegram arrived from one of his candidates, backing up with a clearly manufactured excuse. No one never wrote, came or wrote, perhaps because of some pressing personal problem. It should have intervened. Number two came. 